Welcome to Decoding Business. Decoding Business is produced by Better Business Bureau, serving the heart of Texas. Here's your host, Jason Mesa. We are making our way into some tough episodes dealing with industries hit hard by the pandemic. Our guest is the CEO of a chain of movie theaters fighting to keep the screens lit up. Our goal is to learn how the theater business pivoted during the crisis, how other industries can learn from their situation. We're glad you're here. 2020 was setting up to be a great year for the box office. Everything from the James Bond movie, No Time to Die, Marvel's Black Widow, uh, DC's Wonder Woman, and the Tenet movie, many, many more. With When COVID arrived, it essentially shut down these 100-person film teams. Major movie studios postponed or even canceled movies, and local theaters were left with almost nothing to show. So add to this, moviegoers were fearful of sitting in a confined area with, say, 200 other guests as they laughed, cried, or gasped. There are only a handful of movie theater ownership groups across the country, some based overseas, but several, like our guest today, have a unique operation model. Santico's Theaters, based in San Antonio, devotes 100% of their profits to a foundation, which gives back to their community through groups. But there is no doubt COVID crippled the big screen. So joining me is the CEO of Santico's, Mr. Tim Handron, who has a fascinating business background and found himself directly in the path of COVID. Uh, Tim, it's great to have you. Thanks for being on the show. Good morning, Jason. Thanks for having me. All right. First, let's get to know Tim Handry from the start. Now, give our listeners your background with USAA, your business ownership, how you got to Santico's. You're no stranger to a crisis, correct? <laughs> I'm no stranger to a crisis, especially now. Uh, yeah. So so just by background, uh, I've been in the San Antonio area since 1986. I started working at USAA back then, and um, I had a, a wonderful 21-year career at USAA. I spent the last uh, six or seven years as the chief operating officer for the entire company. And uh, in that role, I was responsible for strategic and operational planning. I was responsible for uh, business continuation, business resumption planning, which is all about crisis management. Uh, I got to be at USA when we had uh, 9-11 happened and the financial collapse uh, that came with that. And you know, learning how a financial services company responds, that was a huge education moment for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, USA was a great, great place to grow up as my very, very first job. Uh, I left there in 2007. You know, took a little bit of time off. That was a that was an intense uh, 21 years. Wife and I traveled around a bit. Then in 2010, I joined a uh, startup with a buddy of mine from USAA. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went from concept, literally a cocktail napkin, uh, concept uh, ideation around a business plan and a business idea, and. Uh, we started that. We started a cloud-based company here in San Antonio. We, um, you know, who knows, you know, sometimes entrepreneurship is 95% failure. Uh, I had never done anything on my own in my life, but, but uh, literally five years later, we had 800 employees. So we were in that lucky 5% of a business that thrived. We did business process outsourcing for other companies. Uh, we employed 800 people here in the San Antonio area. And uh, we sold that company uh, five years ago, this coming March, uh, I know that because there are a lot of things that come with five years after you sell a business. Mm-hmm. Uh, after I sold that, did a little bit of travel again. I wanted to get on a couple of boards in the area community. Uh, and I got on the Santicos board about three and a half years ago. Um, loved the story about Santicos and uh, was happy to get on a board and, and join an organization that had a social mission like Santicos does. Um, and two years ago, we had, we had to make a change in our CEO, and the board asked me to step in as CEO. So it wasn't anything that I had planned for or uh, anticipated. Uh, stepped in that role with the intention of stick, you know, just filling a gap for a short period of time. Uh, I was going to be in here three to four months, 
but here I am a little over two years later and uh, I love this organization. I love what we stand for and I like what we're doing. So yeah, that's the, that's the short version of what I've been doing. Okay. You're also the current mayor for the city of Bernie. I know many owners and business executives also serve on boards. They serve on say PTAs, city council. How do you put on one hat as a CEO of a major chain of theaters, then put on your other hat to lead Bernie through these unprecedented times? What's the balance? <laughs> You're assuming there is a balance. Uh, it, it's it's just having to be on at all times. So, yeah, I got on city council in the city of Bernie a couple of years ago, and um, just just because uh, I wanted to get back to my community, I think that's a responsibility we all have. Uh, and I wasn't the CEO of Santicos at the time. Mm-hmm. After I'd been on uh, city council for just a short period of time, I felt like that community did not really have a a, a true strategic plan for how to handle all the growth that's going on in the Bernie area. And I thought, well, I can maybe provide a little bit of my business background and a leadership role of mayor. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I became CEO of Santicos, that was when I also was running for mayor. Uh, So all that happened at the exact same time. So I've kind of had to figure this out, Jason, over the last year and a half. Um, But I I would tell you, you know, um, outside of the pandemic, it was actually pretty manageable. Uh, You know, as a mayor, there are certain things I do uh, but we have a great city council. The biggest thing you do is set the tone for how council operates. And I enjoy what I do there because I enjoy having an impact on my community, just like I enjoy being uh, with the Santicos organization. When the pandemic hit, I, could, I will tell you that I was not very well balanced because um, I did not ever get to turn off COVID-19 impact. When I was dealing with it in the business world, um, I'm dealing with it from a uh, from from the side that the rest of the world normally deals with, right? Yes. I'm dealing with the business. I'm having to lay people off. I'm having to find out how do I make my company survive when I have no revenue. Mm-hmm. And then I try to take take a little break, and I go to San. I mean, I go back from uh, San Antonio to Bernie, and now I get to deal with. Oh yeah, you're the elected official that's calling the shots in the city, and I'm getting to deal with you know, literally hundreds of emails asking questions. Hey, what do we do about working with the county? Uh, so I, I was very, I would say there was no balance in my life for about four or five months. I think the good news is when Texas settled down uh, after we had reopened shortly after May, that, that has gotten much more balanced for me. And and, and to the point now where I'm, I, I actually enjoy the mayor job a lot more than the Santicos job uh because it's a little bit more predictable in the santicos job i'm still trying to figure out how do we survive as a company right uh santicos just uh, implemented a pre-screening for covid plan through community labs it's an innovative testing approach through several leaders tell me about that initiative yeah so this is something we've been working on for a couple of months you know community labs is, is uh, something that really just came about literally in the last couple of months combination of people graham weston uh, bruce bug uh, and others said, we want to put together a, a lab environment that can do COVID testing at a low cost so that micro communities like businesses or schools can test everybody weekly with the intention of finding asymptomatic carriers and getting them out of the, the masses, right? Get them quarantined so that we can try to get back to life as we knew it, uh, as close as we can, right? So they, they have this idea, they copied this from MIT Labs, and they're using off-the-shelf capabilities. Um, so it's not expensive or unique. What they wanted to do is demonstrate to the rest of the country that they can create a lab that can do micro-community testing 
and it can be replicated across the country. They talked to me a couple months ago. I love the idea. Um, and I said, I want to join your, I want to be one of your pilot groups because I'm in an environment that has a lot of people going through the theaters. And I think it would demonstrate a different level of responsibility. If I'm taking care of my employees and testing them every week, making sure that no one is asymptomatically carrying COVID-19, that that would be great for my employees, number one. And then number two, for the vast number of public that comes through a Santico's theater, they would know how we're treating our employees and they would know that we take this very seriously, that we don't wanna create an environment that endangers anybody, that we wanna be the safest uh, place you can go for entertainment. And so, yeah, we, we just announced that this week. Um, we tested our first group of people this week and we'll continue that now every single week. We're gonna test every single employee, uh, no cost to them as a benefit, frankly. And I think it just demonstrates a level of uh, commitment to getting back, you know, getting business back to normal and helping our employees do it in a way that they feel safe, the parents of the employees feel safe. And we're, we're excited to have announced that partnership with Community Labs. All right, let's talk about your team. And you mentioned you're big on team members. I believe you call them family members. Shortly after the closures, your executives were handing out hot meals for employees. Uh, they were overwhelmingly wanting to come back to work. What's the strategy for your employees? When we had to uh, shut down our theaters back in March, you know, a lot of other uh, companies in, in the same kind of business, they immediately sent everybody home and said, you're immediately furloughed. Uh, I carried our employees on the payroll into April. This doesn't sound like a big deal to some people, but it really was because we had zero revenue. I carried them into April so that their healthcare benefits would be guaranteed through the end of April. That's the way group healthcare works. And that gave me, that bought me a little bit of time. When we started going more through April, I said, golly, I don't know when we're gonna to get to reopen again. Um, and I made a commitment to the employees. I'm gonna carry, I'm gonna cover all of your healthcare costs. You don't pay anything while you're on furlough. We do that as long as I economically can. So I had to put some of the employees on furlough. They're not getting paid because we're not open. Um, when I put them on furlough, I put myself on furlough. I'm not gonna do something to the employees that's not okay for me. I put most of my executives are on complete furlough. And, and while we were closed, our marketing team said, what can we also do to help our employees? So we had food and inventory. We didn't know when we we're gonna reopen. And we said, let's take care of our family first. You know, a lot of other theaters went to, how do we create revenue? Uh, and they started trying to sell things to the public. What we did is that let's, let's take our current inventory, let's give it away to our employees in the form of meals. And for those, those, a lot of employees want to come back and just volunteer and help give, give food away to their fellow employees because they miss seeing them. Uh, we did that two or three times, uh, and then we ran out of inventory. And uh, we, we carried our employees on, on health care coverage. We covered them for four full months while we were trying to figure out how do we run our business. Uh, I think those are all important things you do. Those are elements of culture, elements of caring um, that they show up every single day or they don't as far as I'm concerned. Nice. You know, I think businesses feel the same way, trying to do the right thing for your teams. Uh, great job on that. All right, let's talk about movies. Uh, 2020 started out as a, a really good year. Lots of big releases like Tenet, The Hunt, Bloodshot, Wonder Woman. Then March 19th, Santico's closed its doors along with many other theaters in response to COVID. You opened back up partially in May. You were at limited capacity, even through today. Walk us through how extreme the pandemic really has hit the movie theater business. Yeah, when we reopened in May, we were one of the first theaters. I think there was only three theater chains that opened up in the U.S. at the beginning of May. We were one of them. Uh, well, number one, we had to define all the protocols for how do you open amidst a pandemic like this. And 
the good news is we became the standard that all the other theaters across the country used, but there were no new movies to show. So what we were showing in May were the movies that we were showing in March that had just reopened, that had just opened. Wow. Uh, things like Bloodshot, um, there's a couple other movies, but then we had to just kind of get creative and we're showing a bunch of, you know, I'll call this euphemistically Lucy reruns. <laughs> we just had to go show movies that had been out before and we said, maybe people just want to get out of their house and go see a movie in a cool theater, you know, where somebody else is paying for the air conditioning and you, and you have, you know, an auditorium to yourself. The, the creativeness of showing what kind of movies we could tested us. Um, our, our programming department and, and working, with, uh, working with the studios, we were begging the studios, let us show some old movies. So they had to reopen some of their vaults and they're like, well, we're not gonna release anything new anytime soon. Uh, so even with them, we had to get creative and, and we kept asking every day, when is something new coming out? And all we got was more movies are being delayed, more movies are being delayed. Uh, and then, you know, the big, the big thing was uh, Universal Studio put Trolls. Um, they took the, that to video on demand. And that started a series of concerns in the industry. Uh, is the theater industry dead? Is this a dinosaur that just died its last death? because everything's just gonna go straight to video on demand. Uh, your business depends on what's going on in Hollywood. Viewer productions are underway. Movies are pushed back with no true end in sight, but you made relationships with studios. You implemented key safety champions and you had a strong balance sheet going into the pandemic among other things. But how did Santico's pivot or shift from that model of those big movie releases? Uh, interesting what you learned during that. Uh, there have been a few movies that have gone straight to video on demand. But I can tell you this, the, the studios that did that did not do a bunch of big press releases afterwards to say, this is, the, this is all we're ever gonna do going forward. What we saw is it was a Band-Aid for them to try to find a way to make revenue. Um, and what they learned is they don't make nearly as much revenue as they do when it goes through the theaters. Mm -hmm. You know, watching a, a brand new theatrical release on your home stereo, or your home TV is not the same as going to a movie theater, not even close. And, and there are a lot of movies, Jason, that just need to be seen inside of a theater. Mm -hmm. I have a great, I have a great home surround system. I have a great TV, but I would rather go see some of these things on this huge, you know, you know, 80 foot screen instead of a 60 inch TV and have the sound that's there and have the experience that's there. So, so what has happened, let's just summarize what's happened over the last seven months. Uh, there have been some new movies came out. You know, Tenet came out in, in uh, July. Uh, it didn't do very well. That was a big movie from Warner Brothers. That was supposed to be a billion-dollar revenue movie across the world. And in the U.S., it didn't do well because we still had a narrative in the country of, uh, you know, going out is just not safe. On the other hand, Tenet did really, really well overseas. Um, and foreign markets have learned how to adjust. And Tenet has made almost $400 million in overseas market, Wow! where it hadn't even made $100 million in the U.S. market yet. So as we're dealing with this worldwide pandemic, you can see different cultures are dealing with it differently. The good news for our business is, while a lot of movies that were supposed to come out in 2020 have not come out, fully 80% of them are, have just been pushed into 2021, which means there's a ton of content that's going to come out in 2021. And... They're not going straight to video on demand because they all recognize the thing to do is wait until the theaters are opened again. Here's the last thing I'll tell you about why this has been tough. I would have never ever in my past 
two years told you that Governor Newsom in California and Governor Cuomo in New York have any impact directly on my business in San Antonio. But the fact of the matter is they do. And the reason they do is because they have not opened their states up, they only recently have. But until they opened up their states for business and allowed their theaters to reopen, those theaters in those two states alone represent almost 16% of all the theaters in the United States. And until those theaters are going to open up, the studios have declared they're not going to start releasing new content until at least 80 to 85, 90% of all the theaters in the U.S. are open. So those, are, those two alone are 17% of the U.S. market. And that has been why the theaters have not been, I mean, the studios have not been releasing content out to the theaters. Yeah, you bring up a good point. Uh, businesses have supply chains and suppliers. Uh, the movie theater business has suppliers who completely stopped supplying. Um, is that correct? That's correct. So you, you may, if, if you haven't seen, or some of your listeners may have seen, there have been some movies that have been trying to wrap up and then they have to stop because some of the cast members or some of the, um, some of the behind the scenes folks have COVID, um, much like the football players or the baseball players. Again, I'll, I'll tell you the good news from my standpoint is they're trying to wrap up movies that were going to be released in late 2020 or maybe 21. All the movies in 2020 that haven't been released yet are going to be released in 2021. Um, a couple new ones have come out just even in the last two days. There's a Tom Hanks movie that has announced they're going to release now on, on Christmas timeframe as opposed to waiting till next year. There are a few that are going to come out later this year, the big budget films. But, but there are a lot of movies that have come out over the last many, over the last three months. There have been at least four to ten new movies coming out every week. They just don't have huge marketing budgets. And they're actually really good movies. Um, I've seen some great movies over the last two or three months. You just don't see about them on TV. And unless you're in the, you know, 15 to 40 age demographic, they're not, they're not profiling you in social media. And so you're not going to see that. Uh, but there are some awesome movies in the theater. And if, if you go, um, you're going to have a theater essentially to yourself. If you just joined us, we're chatting with Tim Handren, CEO of Santicos Theaters in San Antonio. Uh, Tim is a classmate of mine in the FBI Citizens Academy <laughs> taking place right now. It's a great experience uh, for businesses to to learn what the Bureau does every day. It's an eye-opener to learn about you know crimes, uh, what the FBI is working on. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, my gosh. I, I know that I know you've enjoyed it as much as I have, and, and our class last night was, um, in my mind, one of the better classes we've had. But, you know, um, I... I I don't know about you, Jason, but I did not realize the extent to which the FBI is involved in so many different activities. Yep. You know, we, we see them on TV and we see them characterized from a Hollywood standpoint. But I've learned that these guys are just amazing heroes in our community and the, and the things that they work on day in and day out. And they're dealing with some of the darkest underbelly of our society that I had no idea even existed. Um, and, and I just I, I am falling in love with these guys and these gals. Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of how they go about their job. They do it with such humility um, and such passion and such compassion, right? When they're dealing with such a tough topic day in, day out. Um, what an amazing group of men and women that we're getting to interact with. I think, uh, yeah, I'm thrilled because you really learn how human the FBI team is. Um, they go home, they have families, they deal with emotions. It's a PTSD kind of environment. So highly recommend it if you can. And with their uh, their FBI declassified series that's just now starting to come out, um, to, to be talking to the very agents that are being uh, interviewed or that are working these cases and seeing how that comes to life in the, in the new episodes that are coming out on Made for TV, um, I encourage everybody to watch that, especially at a time when we've seen 
more uh, scrutiny than should be given to the, um, the men and women of law enforcement. This is a time to recognize what these guys do on a day-to-day basis. And now, what kind of message does Santico send about being a locally operated movie chain? In other words, how does the word local uh, help your business and how does that play into to, you know, revenue? Well, Santicos is a really, really special company. You know, um, the the namesake of the company is the Santicos family, which has been around the San Antonio area for a hundred years. Um, and and the prior the prior uh, family member that was running it, John L. Santicos, he died in 2014. And when he died, he left this entire business to the San Antonio Area Foundation. Um, that is super unique because we are 100% social. Um, he left it to the Area Foundation and said, I want my businesses to continue to operate, but I want 100% of the profits to go back to the Area Foundation to be distributed to charities in this community. Great. So we are very unique in that regard for business in the country. Um, but the fact that the, the profits from everything that we do as a theater company or as a real estate company, all are invested immediately back into this community through the Area Foundation uh, makes us very, very different than the others. I'll be very direct. If you go to an AMC theater, we only have two in this area, uh, but they're owned by a company called Wanda that is based in China. If you go to a Regal theater, that is owned by Cineworld that is based in the UK. So when you go, when you go patronize those guys, listen, I'm not saying don't. And when you go to a Santicos theater, you're actually investing in this community um, in the form of you're creating jobs for the people that work there. But most importantly, 100% of the profit goes right back to the Area Foundation. All right. And finally, Tim, for business owners looking at uh, your struggles the movies have faced, what are the biggest lessons you've learned from COVID and what can somebody take away from this? You know, this has really been about managing risk. And as a, uh, as a former executive in a Fortune 100 company, USAA, uh, as a guy that's uh, built a business from a concept up to uh, maturity and then, and then disposition of that business, and now, now kind of running a mid-sized business, it, will, it really boils back down to fundamentals, right? Um, you, you can't be cavalier in how you run a business, and you always have to be thinking about what can possibly go wrong. That's risk management. More importantly, you always have to have a plan, um, and, and you need to be thinking more than just day-to-day. You got to have a plan for, you know, today, this quarter, this year, what about the next year? And, and I would just tell you that when I got here two years ago, uh, the CFO and I restructured all our finances. We were thinking long-term. We look at our debt structure. We make sure that we have done all the things we can do there to, to maximize you know, cash on the balance sheet. Uh, cash flow is always important. Small businesses know cash flow is the most important thing. When you're trying to make payroll, um, some days it's hard. When we got into this pandemic, I'll tell you some other things I learned that were actually new for me. Um, I, I thought that banks that were local would have a little bit more compassion and empathy toward a business that's struggling, not because we're bad operators. We're struggling because of the tertiary effect of this pandemic. And I know a lot of small businesses are going through that right now. Um, the key is to have relationships with banks that, that, that loan you money that, that are going to demonstrate true care and compassion in a time of crisis. Um, and I've, I've learned that not all banks are like that locally. So we, we've had some struggles because some banks are putting pressure on us that are unnecessary. Wow. But, but again, going back to business fundamentals, Jason, have a plan. Uh, think about the fundamentals of cash flow, having cash on the balance sheet. Those are all very, very important. Have a plan for what if these things don't go as I, as I wish, the risk management side. Um, I'm, 
I've become very adept at risk management in my last 30 years. And we have been able, as Santicos, we've been able to survive because a lot of those plans that we put in place to plan for the unknown, um, you know, planning when things are going good is easy. Planning when things go rough is tough. Yeah. Uh, and then have partners in your community that are going to help you. And, you know, we do have one bank that, that I would tell you that has leaned in and has been incredibly helpful to us. And that's the Bank of San Antonio. They're local. Those guys have been awesome. Tim, was there any kind of plan or model in place to combat this? No, there was never a plan for this for anybody. Nobody anticipated this, right? And, and then, then what really matters is, do you have a strong culture that can accommodate or withstand the pressures that are, come, that are gonna come with this? Uh, I'm really, really fortunate. Uh, we have an incredibly strong management team at Santicas. And the way we pulled together through this pandemic, and the way our culture held together um, just like a family has to, has to really lean on each other during tough times. And I know a lot of family members leaned on each other heavily, true family members, blood family members leaned on each other through all this tough stuff. Your, your virtual family, the people you spend a lot of time with every day at your office, you have to be able to lean on each other, keep your emotions in check and say, we're, we're focusing on solutions together. I would tell you that's what uh, really pulled Santicos through also during this pandemic. That, that's all about teamwork, right? You don't have time for individual egos. You don't have time for uh, getting bogged down in any, any one thing. This crisis, everything collapsed around us. And without the community to support you, uh, starting with your family, then your virtual family, and then the extended family of the San Antonio community, you got to have all that working together to make things happen. For, for you at the Better Business Bureau or for anybody you know, uh, from the moment you and I have met, I've always responded to emails. Um, I, I'm, I'm available to people that are just wanting to reach out and ask for ideas or help. Um, I can't solve everybody's problem, but listen, I'm happy to be a resource in our community to others. So feel free to, um, if you want, put my email address out there. It's, it's thandren at santicos.com. And, and I'm just a resource in this community, just like anyone else. So happy to help others. All right, Mr. Tim, thank you for sharing your time, your information, um, wishing you the best, wishing you uh, safety, health, and let's reconnect at some point in the, in the future. Continued success for Santicos and for Bernie, and I uh, hope to talk real soon. Thanks for your time. Have a great week, Jason. Bye-bye. And thank you for your most valuable asset, your time for listening. Decoding Business, produced by the Better Business Bureau of San Antonio. I'm your host, Jason Messa, and catch you next time. Reach out to me directly at 210-260-9843 for show content and sponsorships. In addition, if you'd like to help out, learn more about joining or partnering with Better Business Bureau, serving the heart of Texas, call us 800-621-8556. Stay safe.